0: Ah, yes, 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 anime, anime. So, of course, uh, you know, we have six animes that are up for discussion. We have uh, Dance, Dance, Dancer, Spy X Family. Ooh, that's a really, really, really popular anime right now. Um, The Dawn of the Witch, Aoshi, Love After World Domination, And then lastly, we have The Executioner and Her Way of Life. Now, you know, the format that we're going for is a little bit different than usual. So, you know, I'm I'm really curious to see how you guys will respond to it. So we're going to talk about our first anime for discussion today. And that is Dance Dancer Episode 6. Why am I doing ballet? Now in this episode, Junpei, you know, he enjoys ballet, and uh, for him, it's all about self-expression and what makes him feel good. You know, and I mean, I, when you think about most art, you know, it's you know, the, it's the ability of being able to express yourself on an empty canvas, on a stage, um, you know, through communication i mean there's so many different forms of that but it's generally out of self expression well in this episode he learns that hey like you may feel good it might be all about like it's it's how good that you feel but at the same time this is ballet this is all this is like a synchronized sport where you want to be in sync with other people but also um you know there are basics that are like the foundation of this art form. And if you don't follow these things, you're not necessarily doing what is quote unquote ballet. And so, you know, it makes you think like, is learning the basics important in art? Like that's the question that I have. It's like, you have Junpei who is someone that, you know, he loves ballet, but his feelings about what ballet is, is kind of contradicting to what the ballet traditional art form is. And so, uh, you know, in this episode, he starts to realize that, Hey, like if I want to be in, in harmony with, uh, some of my other, you know, competitors or teammates or what have you, then I have to, you know, get the basics down so I can be in sync with them or whatnot, instead of, you know, and I'm being selfish, but at the same time, um, isn't self expression isn't that creativity what makes art art you know and so you know the first thing i thought about was school like you know school is a very um important factor for pretty much uh life in general you know we go to school to learn things and in that learning is pretty much the the basics getting a foundation for ourselves um and you know if If you're not, you know, getting the basics down, does that mean that you aren't necessarily going to be able to do the job or perform right? And I I don't know. I I don't think that that's necessarily the whole situation because when you think of phrases like, oh, that that child is a prodigy, a child prodigy or something like that, where they're able to just pick up how to play a piano like right off the fly. And it doesn't take them too long to figure out how to get really, really good. Now, some would say, yeah, but they might have still have to learn certain things. But no, like me myself personally, like I I know some people that learn how to play on a, a synthesizer on a piano and they were good, like almost, I'm not gonna say like right off the bat, it was almost like you could see the wheels kind of turning in their head as they were kind of figuring it out and it was that adventure period that was happening during this you know it's it's almost like um uh exploration you know if you will and you know in that exploration i feel like that's how art came about in the first place because of that you know willingness to say hey let me try this oh wow i think this is something special let me see how much further I can take. And so when you think about a traditional ballet uh, school that like Junpei is going in, it's almost hindering him in some way of what he potentially could be. And so that takes me to another part, which is like imagination. And, you know, we kind of, t- you, know, you know, I kind of touched on this, brushed on this a little bit, but You know, and to me, an imagination is such a critical point to, you know, youth, especially like, you know, when you're young and you're, you know, you're thinking about, um, you know, kind of, you know, this, uh, you know, think about this empty wall, you know, and you can just paint it whatever you want, you know, and that's kind of the idea of when someone comes to you and they ask you, hey. Um, little jay like what would you like to be when you grow up and you know in some ways you know it i don't know let's say if if jay is uh five years old six years old and you ask me what i want to come you know i'm probably gonna say like uh uh a power ranger <laughs> a ninja turtle you know just something like that you know uh dexter you know and have my own laboratory i mean But that's the imagination that the kids have, especially when they're dependent on what they're consuming around the time and, you know, who they're communicating with. If you're around a bunch of kids and y'all are, you know, having a good time talking about cartoons or, you know, you're just being playful and, and, you know, going to the park and playing basketball and and things like that, the big picture of like what you want to do in life isn't necessarily there. Now, don't get me wrong, there's some people that uh, when they're young, they kind of develop like what they want to do, like right off the back and say, oh, you know, I know that I'm going to become a, um, you know, NBA basketball star or uh, I know that I'm going to become um, a a doctor. You know, I want to be a surgeon and work, you know, on this specific section of the anatomy, the body, you know. And so, you know, it, but that imagination Uh, At a very young age, you know, I feel like if you put too much pressure on, uh, you know, uh, someone to choose what they should really, you know, what they want to do at a very young age, um, then they might end up going into territory that they don't, they're not really truly interested in. And I mean, think about it. You know, we talked about school and how uh, important that is. But if you know, like I know, you know, there might be people in, there's people in college or, you know, that change their majors multiple times because they end up realizing like, hey, like I'm not interested in this field. I want to try something else. And so maybe it's because of that lack of imagination that kind of prompts you to say, okay, what do you really like to do? And within that imagination, you also have your creativity, you know, and, you know, being able to, uh, create something that you envision to be yours. You know whether it's an expression of how you're feeling, uh, whether it's something that you're trying to communicate to somebody else. I mean, cre- creativity goes a long way. And um, within art, you know, it's it's like dancing right now. Like if you think about uh, social media and you know these viral uh, dances that go, and a lot of people. Uh, try to learn these dances and mimic them and, you know, share it amongst their friends or when they go to parties and stuff like that. It's, it's all in fun. It's all in nature, but the originators that create these dances, it's usually they branch off from like other dances. It's like, okay, I seen, um, you know, this dude over here uh, do the reject move. So now I'm going to try to do this. And now I created this whole new look and, I put it up on social media and people love it. And now this new dance goes viral, even though it takes elements from something else, you know? And so it kind of makes me wonder, and this may be a topic next week or so in the future of, you know, when it comes down to traditional art, you know, like that, that this is the way that ballet should be the structure behind it is the reason why some of this, um, is the reason why traditional art doesn't grow, doesn't blossom as much and it's not as um wanted, desired, that you know, there's a lot of different words. Because I mean, even in that aspect, you can make an argument that you know what, there's actually a high demand for traditional ballet, for example. You know, there's a lot of people seeking that rather be for their music videos for uh, stage plays. I mean, there are so many different, you know, uh, options out there where that that talent could be um, wanted. But at the same time, is that also because the art form has died and there's a, smut, a much smaller pool of really, really good ballet dancers that because there's such a small pool, that's the reason why the demand so high because you don't have that many, um, areas that you can pull for them to get that talent and so yeah I mean there's there, there, I don't know there's like there's so many different ways that you can go with that but I don't know like what do y'all think about that you know do y'all feel that um, you know the basics is the important thing when it comes down to art uh, you know definitely would be interested to hear y'all opinions about that hey shout out to Bit Bit in the chat we are back baby we are back <laughs> okay all right we move on to our next anime for discussion and that is spy x family spy by family you know i always wonder like well how are people going by saying the name for spy family because to me it's just like spy family like but the x is such an important factor too like be spy by family spy X family I don't know but <laughs> episode six the friendship scheme now this episode <laughs> was hilarious uh, you know just so 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 funny you have uh our dear Anya who is just the 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 most amazing comedy relief character that I honestly did not see common and um you know she just anytime that she's getting screen time, she just lights up the place and you know that you're in for a pretty good time, you know. Well, in this episode, um, she gets indoctrinated into her uh, new class. And so she's a, a member of this prestigious school and she has this mission given from her father to try to become a scholar, which is like a top rank amongst the other students when it comes down to uh, their performance with grades, uh, and, and how elegant they act within, um, you know, their classes. And so they're graded on a a few different elements and in order to reach uh, the scholar ranks, um, you know, they have to kind of build on those different things to, to get to that point. And as they're meeting in this, this first time for the first time, um, Anya gets to, uh, get selected for the, uh, class that she's going to be a part of and in this class she's you know becomes you know i should not say maybe not invited but uh gets to meet some of the other children and one of the children happens to be a son of the uh target that the dad is looking for and so this this kid you know he's a very smug um you know very arrogant, you know, just that high air, you know, of hey, like I have money, you know, my father is, you know, so popular and, you know, and and you know, has all this power, like you're a peon beneath me. You know? And that was kind of his uh introduction with Anya of like, oh, like your your father must be poor, you know, you know, because he's a feel-good doctor and all these different things. And it's like Dang! Like this kid is just going completely hard on Anya, and she didn't say nothing bad to him at all, right? Well, <laughs> as you know, Anya is trying to respond. She's thinking about what her mom told her, you know, in order to kind of um, protect herself, and you know, from from her from herself and from others. Because Anya really wanted to punch this kid but her mom says hey you know she has this kind of flashback moment and she's thinking you know hey you know instead of resorting to punching you should just smile and if you smile you'll be able to just calm everything down and people won't really take the situation serious and they'll move on and they won't mess with you anymore. And so you see Anya with this smug like grin the smirk on her face and that's like her way of uh kind of like uh uh dissolving the situation and not getting into a, you know any further problems with this kid. Well, that doesn't work. <laughs> instead this kid and his friends they start to pester Anya even more and it just got so bad to where we had Anya reach a breaking point and she smacked the crap out of this kid (laughs) I mean she straight put his jawbone on notice it was it was it was crazy it was really 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 bad he got smacked really hard and you know I, me i'm just like that's my girl <laughs> you know like that's like that's go on you like that's what i'm talking about but you know it just it makes me thought you know think about um you know hey why is my thing changing oh there you go <laughs> um it makes me think about the breaking point you know we all have a breaking point and you know i think that's a a, a common thing which most people in my life, I don't think I've met anyone that hasn't reached a breaking point, you know, boiling point whatever you want to call it, like, you know, a a spot where you get so frustrated, so mad or upset at at someone or something that you just decide to take action and go off on someone, you know, or scream out loud, but you can't because you can't take it anymore. You have to find some way to kind of let that expression out. And I think, you know, for me, you know, when it comes down to The breaking point, it takes a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot to get me to a point where I feel like I'm going to break, you know, and and people are going to get me out of rhythm and not, you know, uh, you know, being as professional as I can be or just being a good person, you know. And uh, when I get to that point, I feel like um, it's like here's the thing about the breaking point. All the signs are generally there. Like you like you know yourself, like you're getting there, like you're because you can feel like it's like your temperature rising in a way, you know. And um with that, it's you know, do you do you succumb to that feeling, or do you say, nah, I'm not, you know, I'm gonna back off or whatnot? And I feel like nine times. I should say nine times out of 10, I say a lot of times we give into that though, that feeling because we have to let it be known. Like, you know, you're not going to continue pressing our buttons on these certain situations or what have you. And, you know, you know, is the breaking point a bad thing? You know, it's, I think it's good to know, you know, like how far, I think it's good to know, like where your breaking point, may personally be it because um if you're unaware and you're just kind of going through the motions uh, and it happens bad things could happen from that breaking point um but i also look at it from another side standpoint of what if you are enduring this situation and you've consistently or constantly been reaching this breaking point then what happens next especially if you can't change that situation and that's when that you know that point can be very 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 scary and so um you know all i can say is when it comes down to this at least within anya's world um she chose violence (laughs) (laughs) she chose straight up violence and said, hey, like it's, it's, it's over. I'm going, I'm going out and I'm knocking this kid out. I don't care. But as you see, here's the, the, the end, you know, with this episode is that there were consequences behind her actions. And I think that that's something that might be very slept on thought as people are watching this, is that you got to understand that based on the decisions that you make, Like Anya, you're going to be sitting in the chair being scolded by your parents and potentially by the teacher uh, as well. And that's going to be a negative mark on you. But in the um, real world, you know, per se, like how how could your actions, um, you know, uh, you know, have draw consequences for you if you did do something bad? You know, now I will say this. (sighs) This is not professional advice, by the way, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> I will say this. There's, there are some times where some people, some people, some, some, they just, there is no, no for an answer. You just have to physically show them that you're not playing. Now, should every, should that always be the first, um, answer result? No. Absolutely not. But there are some situations where you're backed up into the wall and there's really nothing else you can do but defend yourself. And that's the reason why you have um, laws and elements and stuff like that about defense is because that is a real action. And like, that's something that can really happen where you have to go on the defense. So, you know, all, all I can really tell you is, you know, choose choose your make your decisions very very wisely because if you reach that breaking point um you know we don't want anything bad to happen uh but in the case of anya <laughs> i kind of agree with her smacking the mess out of this kid <laughs> all right on to our next anime for discussion and that is uh, Oh, the dawn of the witch, episode six knowledge of ignorance. Now, I really, really like this episode a lot. And I, I feel like most people that watch it, because of all of the previous episodes, there were, it was, I wouldn't say like a lot of action, but the dialogue was rather unique and rich. And in this one, the dialogue is very rich too. But it's a very like talking head piece. You know, this is um, more about information that's being shared. And so you have Saib, who is a very um, monotone, uh, you know, doesn't really have a lot of desire, things that he wants to do in life. And so he goes out with uh, one of the children in this village to uh, in the woods to try, try to find some leaves for um, the Dawn Witch. And, uh, you know, as he's finding, these, going out to find these leaves, you got to understand that this kid, he's, he's he's he doesn't really know the lay of the land. You know, he's going into this forest and he's completely um, unaware of like what dangers could be out there. You know, he doesn't know exactly where to find these tea leaves for his sensei. I mean, there's just so many different aspects from him that save is very unaware of but you have this the kid of the village who says don't worry i know where these leaves are just follow me and i'll take you but you know and you know him being a kid he wants to go out and adventure and have a good time and do something different but he wants you know once as they as the uh area was starting to get dark and they were kind of losing their way he realizes like hey i don't remember how to get back from where we are right now. And so he shares that with save and, you know, he's like, I hope you're not upset with me for lying. And save is like, no, like it's, it's okay. Like, you know what? I think I know how to get back. And they end up seeing this mouse who was connected to um, one of the uh, uh, people within the village and they were able to follow the mouse basically to get back. And as they get back to the village, they meet the uh, father, you know, of the of the village. And he says, you know, he has a conversation with save and tells him, look, I know that, you know, you have not been out in this village and met different people and areas and understand this. And I'm not like ignorance is not a sin, but if you're going to go somewhere you should at least know like the dangers that could be brought ahead of you and whatnot. And so, you know, the father was getting very antsy to kind of uh, when he was listening to Sabe's reasoning and, you know, the father's uh, rebuttal, the, you know, each and every time was, Hey, that's okay. You know, ignorance is not a sin once again, but you know, for the most part, he's saying ignorance is not an excuse. Like, yes, like we can be ignorant to certain situations but does that mean that we have to be ignorant? Does that mean that that's an excuse? Or is there is that a reason for you not going out of your way to um, gain knowledge so you can be able to protect yourself or at least reduce you know any um, issues that could potentially happen? And so I really, you know, taking this home, like, yeah, I, I kind of, I, I really do agree that ignorance is not an excuse. If you really think about it, even at a young age right let's say if our parents were to tell us hey if you don't know something you need to find you need to get an answer and but if you do something and you don't have an answer do you got us you know you got to kind of suffer the consequences or what have you know and but if you kind of you know added like maybe an asterisk on that and said hey If whenever you're in a situation where you don't know something, come to me so we can find an answer. And each time your child or student or whoever comes back and they learn, you know, how how to, um, you know, deal with certain situations, you know, that that's very empowering. Right. Like that's something that really. Um, puts you in a whole different space because now not only are you gaining uh, experience, but you have this um, kind of method or foundation that's set into you. That's like, if I don't know something, I-, I always have to go out and seek an answer for it. But you know, it goes back to the term ignorance is bliss because sometimes as you're ignorant about things, there's, a level of enjoyment of not knowing something, you know. It's like, uh, if I would do it, can I have a, an example for a bliss blissful ignorance? Okay, gambling, for example. Um, people gamble because you have you make certain uh, educated guess on so like what do you think these numbers will be, for you know, or these um, certain players if you're playing like like a sports uh gambling book thing or something like that and you're guessing the the characters or teams or um players i should say uh that you know these are going to be like the highest scores and i'm going to you know i believe i'm going to win well what makes gambling such so fun and addictive even though there's you know math behind some of it and you can kind of um uh, you can if you're sm- i guess he's like quote unquote smart enough You may be able to severely reduce the probability of something, but there's still an enjoyment when it comes down to, um, uh, you know, hoping that you will win something that you have very, very low chances of winning at. And so when you do win, it's like that rush of dopamine and everything else that happens. And that type of, of, of bliss, that type of ignorance of not knowing what's gonna come out of it, but but you could potentially win, um, is what a lot of people that gamble enjoy. And so, you know, there's there's ways that you can look at it, but I think ultimately when it comes down to just um being informative and, you know, kind of like, you know, learning the land or things like that, I think that there's a lot to be said about this quote from the father that ignorance is not a sin, but at the same time, uh, it is not an excuse. And, um, you know, I think that I've I definitely took something away from this episode of, you know, being more proactive and trying to like learn more, especially if I know that this is something I want an answer for. If, if I'm going into like this uncharted territory that I'm not familiar with, you know? Okay. So that is, Dawn of the Witch. Let's go to our next anime, and that is Ewashi, episode six, called First Fan. Now, I'll be honest like this, this topic kind of comes from it's kind of blended with episode five but it does take on some of the things in episode six. So you, you see our boy, Aoi, who is going to his dorm room for the first time. So this is his first time away from his family and having his own place, uh, you know, whether it be, you know, by himself or with the roommate. And um, I, I just kind of wanted to, you know, capture the thoughts of moving away from family for the first time, you know, his, you know, I his mom put a lot of effort into making sure that he was well taken care of uh, financially so he could go after his dreams. And that is to hopefully become a pro soccer player. And so, um, or football, you know, the, you know, I'm, I'm going to say soccer, <laughs> I'm going to say soccer, uh, it's, it's, but you know, football is exactly what we're talking about from on an international level. And, um, you know, he gets all of these things in order to be able to uh, travel to Tokyo and eventually, you know, ends up in this dormitory where he's going to be able to pretty much play, uh, you know, soccer, you know, you know, all day, every day, you know, or practice or learn from it and what have you. And, I think that that's really really cool when people are able to get to a, a place where they can go somewhere and completely like do what they love, you know, or something that they're very passionate about. I think that's that's really fun. And and I always position getting the support from his family to be able to do those things is just like another kind of cherry on top. But um the uh emotions that go on when you're thinking about moving away from your family like there's not like i'm it may seem very common that you know most people will move out of their parents household or a family's household very fast um but it takes some people a lot of effort to be able to do that because especially if they're going to be a significant distance away from their family because You know, there's, you know, this is a, you know, uh, people that you've seen all your life, you know, most of your life and to know that you're going to be changing pace and having a whole new situation where you pretty much have to depend on yourself to get whatever it is that you need. Uh, and then also whatever things that you're doing, like the pressures of what that comes with, with being, um, you know, an individual and being independent and, uh, you know, now taking your life, you know, and, and under your control and doing what needs to be done and like take your, your, your situation to the next level. And so uh, for me, I, you know, I can recall when I moved away for the first time, um or or i i went to my mom at a very very young age i want to say i was maybe 16 years old and you know i t- i told my mom like hey um i'm going to be you know getting with this organization this is what i want to do and uh in order for me to do this you know i needed her to sign a waiver for me to allow me to participate in it and for my mom, I get shocked her a little bit to you know to uh, to know that I wanted to do something that was so life altering, so life changing. Uh, but it didn't take my mom very long to come around and say, "Okay, if this is what you want to do, then I 100% support you." And you know that's one thing that I could definitely give my mom props for is that pretty much anything that I wanted to do, um, she's been. Uh, very supportive of me in that right and i hope that a lot of you all are getting that same support from your family or parental and and uh guardian uh individuals but um and i i remember to get on the plane uh arriving at my destination and it was (laughs) i was wearing a a jump like a thin jumper suit that was very uh like polyester like very very thin material uh and so I'm dressed for like warm climate weather but I get to my destination and it's freaking cold like it's snowing all over the place and I was just in complete shock because for one I never really seen snow like that so that that was a part of the culture shock for me being in this uh, new area this new region of of you know the country and then um <laughs> as i'm you know getting as i'm getting off and i'm meeting the people you know kind of like my uh mentors per se uh you know they take me to my dorm and for a moment i had this dorm to by, to, by myself you know i was the only one there and eventually like i ended up having a roommate and Man, there's something about having your own place and being able to do like what you want to do. It is really a hard feeling to try to like express. It's like this um, tingling sensation that you get inside is like, wow, like I have my like this is mine. Like, you know, no, no one can really tell me like when to go to sleep. When, you know, when, uh, you know, when time it, when, when it's time to eat and all these different things that you realize like, wow, like you have control over all these things. The only thing that you have to do is show up for whatever it is that you're, you know, in this, you know, your location to do. And that man, like, it was a very comforting feeling. It's, it's, it's almost like as a youth, you know, as you're growing, you're becoming a little, you know, more mature over time, you're seeking for that, but you don't really know it until it actually happens. And then you start to realize like, that's, man, this is everything. But, you know, there are times where um, you have some people where they get to, you know, a a new location and they become so homesick missing the routine that they had with their family and, uh, really like the knowns versus the unknowns, and I th- I think that's the biggest part of like this newer journey, you know, if, that you go on if you move away from your family is the unknowns, you know, and that could be bring on a lot of anxiety for some people, where it's like, you know, I'm afraid because I don't necessarily know exactly what's going to happen, but I would say for the most part, if you start to build certain habits and Um, kind of explore like the lay of the land or the area that you're in you become very familiar with it and you kind of warm up to it very fast and then before you know it now you're like a a transplant within the area and you're like now you get to a point where okay i was exploring now i want like i know like certain things now i want to have fun now i want to do things that are um going to kind of uh, be entertaining you know and Uh, kind of fill up time that way uh, aside from, you know, the people that you meet and stuff. Uh, But yeah, like, uh, I mean, I met people in so many different situations as far, as far as roommates come from all places of the, of the world. And the one thing I can say about having a roommate and I probably not going to, I might, I don't know, because it's possible that this could be (laughs) a continuation episode for, for next week, um, but, you know, with, In this episode, Aoi, he, you know, he's in this room and he has a roommate, but the roommate never shows up. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, he ends up coming to the school that like the very next day um, when they have kind of like their induction meeting, uh, you know, as a soccer team. And, you know, this kid <laughs> that's, you know, that's Aoi's roommate is tall looks like he's pretty strong um and uh emotional you know he wears his emotions on the sleeve and you know if you've ever met someone that wears their emotions on their sleeve if you're a person that is not uh you know if maybe you may be emotional but you might not be emotional to the point where you constantly have to express yourself that can be a little bit shocking too especially if um, you didn't really have a friend circle or family circle like that from you know uh, your original town or wherever you're from, and so when you see someone new from like a different part of the of the world and and has different experiences from you and y'all try to connect, uh, there may be moments where it's like, man, like I don't have any. Um, like similarities with this person we don't share any of the same interests and you're constantly kind of like it's like it's almost like you're playing like a Tetris and you're trying to build these blocks well maybe not Tetris because you're not you're actually not trying to build the blocks you're trying to destroy them bad example <laughs> but yeah um you know having a roommate is a, a, a very um interesting experience and you know i'm you know if y'all had had roommates out there you know uh, please share some um you know horror stories or some amazing stories that you had from people because you know i've met people that have shared like some of their culture with me um being from like a different part of the world and you start you get to learn something new and you know let's say it's a, a food that they get you know Bring to you and say, hey, try this. I made this or whatever. You know, this is something uh, for my uh my my family's home cooked meal. Like this is a family recipe. And you're like, man, like this is amazing. And there you go. Boom. Like y'all bonded on food. <laughs> what, what what monster out there does not bond over food? I want to know them. I want to see them for really, though. You know. <laughs> okay. right moving on to our next anime for discussion and that is boom love after world domination episode six called as long as we're at the beach now in this episode you have domi who whose family uh you know, receive word that she was going to be promoted to become a monster. Now, in this tier of villains, I guess you could say, that she, Dami, is a part of, um, it goes uh, princesses. And then, well, let's go even further down. You have the geckos, like the lower level soldiers or workers uh, in this gecko organization, And then a notch under over that, you have the princesses. So the soldiers pretty much report directly to the princesses. And then from the princesses, you have the monsters. And they the princesses report to the monsters, but it's also kind of like this this elite level of where if you become a quote unquote monster, then you become even stronger than your previous form. Uh, when you were a princess now the thing that <laughs> the thing that I, I don't I don't think they they have not answered yet is okay for of all the villains that are there are you telling me that all of them were princesses because I'm looking at bear or <laughs> it might not be the bear's name but I'm looking at the bear and he sounds like he sounds he sounds like a, a dude, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. It's kind of like, I'm, I'm really kind of tripping there. and whatnot, not like how that ranking and transformation works or whatnot. But um, she was, Adami was faced with a decision she had to make. Um, if she was to be promoted, you know, at, you know, being promoted to monster, uh, she was going to have to fuse with an animal, which would, Uh, make her look much different she'd look pretty much more like that animal but she'd be much stronger and so when word got back to her family that she was going she got promoted to become a monster Dami was like really sad because she wasn't so sure that's what she wanted and but with her family's support of like hey like we, you know, we're so proud of you. We are, you know, like, this is a great milestone in your life. And we knew that you could do this. Like, you know, we're so excited and happy for you. And, you know, Dami is now in a position where she's pretty sure, like, that's not what I want to do. But at the same time, like, I don't really want to let my family down. So, you know, we got, you know, thinking about that, you know, you see family pressure Family pressure is a very, very real and big thing. And, you know, I'm not sure like how, like if, you know, how much family pressure weighs on a lot of people, but I can say that for the most part, I like to think that this is a very common thing. And so the good thing about family pressure, in my opinion, is um it's, it gives you kind of, so it, it could be a part of it or like giving you purpose, uh, you know, when when f- the family says, hey, you know, we, we we rallying behind you on something that you've been doing or whatnot. Then you feel like, oh, like, you know, I'm trying to become, you know, number one in my in my school for top grades. And so in my family is really putting you know, applying pressure for me to do well. You know, I can't let them down. I want to do it. And so you study hard. You put all those hours in you score well and you get into that top top one or 5% of your class. And, um, you know, those things usually bear good fruits so of, you know, you could get scholarships to go to colleges and, you know, um, or just the idea of just being number one in something, you know, that's, that's great. Right. But well, then you have your bad, where it's, where it's like your family says, Hey, um, you need to do better in this or whatever. And it's it's very scolding, you know. You think of someone like that's playing sports and, you know, they're riding them to become like a great volleyball player and they're telling them to spend countless amount of hours on hours and hours to do something. And they've been, let's say they've been playing soccer since they were maybe seven years old or something like that. Um, but maybe it was more so a fun thing for the child and never something that they wanted to do professionally. But the family pressure, you know, maybe the mom or the dad has these ideas of my little girl or my, my son is so good at, you know, this sport that we're pushing him to become um, a pro one day. And if we don't push him, then he's going to give up on this and uh, not become what we believe that he can become. Now see there, the side of it is like, where, dang, like sometimes there's moments where we don't see the greatness in ourselves, you know, and we need other people to kind of remind us of how good we are at certain things. Right. But there's also moments where um you, maybe you truly don't have a passion in a certain thing. You're literally just doing it because it's something to please your parents at the time. And, Uh, maybe you're not very confrontational person. So in order to kind of like, you know, get, you know, get, get it over with or not have to deal with the family drama, you just succumb to whatever is happening and you, you deal with it, you know? And so, but that's the bad is like, you're, you're investing time in something that you really don't care about. You know, you just, you know, kind of doing it on the whim, but that family pressure makes you continue to do it. And then we have the ugly, like the ugly of family pressure, which is, you know, a notch further than that, where you get pushed so hard and the family is kind of like taking no for the example, no for an answer, even though you want to, um, you know, even though you want to stop, they're not taking a no for an answer. They're going to still push you still bring you to the meeting, still bring you to training or what have you uh in this setting and next thing you know you snap you snap uh as earlier we were talking about breaking point you reach a breaking point and it could get to a very very dark place for some people you know and or it could be the total opposite where it gets ugly and you have this um vendetta or issue with your family uh, and you know there could be drama it could be arguments that happen whatnot but the flip thing of like which turns this from ugly to good is after you've shared that you don't want to do this anymore and you're out of it and you cease from doing it even though the family constantly is pestering you about it and won't let it go you find that inner happiness within yourself and now you're on to another path of doing the things that you really, really want to do, you know? And so, yeah, family pressure is not a, it's, it's not a game. Like it's a, it's a real thing. So, you know, anybody out there that's going through some, some things with family and you're being pressured and stuff, you know, I would just say, um, consider all things, uh, you know, if there's a, a way that y'all possibly could have, uh, you know, therapy together to kind of discuss some things. Maybe if that's a safe space for you to be able to discuss how you're really feeling, um, or if it's another side of it where it's empowering you and it's giving you the energy that you need to kind of move forward, then uh, salute, salute to you. And uh, hopefully, your family is able to continue to support you in whatever endeavor that you're in, and, and that you end up on the. On a really good side of whatever you're trying to accomplish, okay. That is our love after world domination discussion, and let's get into our next anime discussion. Oh, and that is this is this is this is the executioner in her way of life. Episode seven, called "Port City of Libo. Libel," libel, libel, libelle, I don't know. <laughs> it could be a couple different things, but um, in this episode, you had uh, Minnow traveling with um uh, Akita. I, I forget how to say her name, but uh, and they pretty much. Mino's whole job is trying to pretty much get rid of her friend because she possessed this power called lost ones. And they have the ability to kind of destroy the city. If they use their power too often, they lose pretty much control of their bodies and they can go out and they could do some th- harmful things to uh, the town, you know, to the, to the, to the whole uh, area. And so to prevent that, minnow goes you know she's uh in a position where she has to exterminate them and in her pursuit they get into this area this port city called libel and we meet a new character that we don't really know much of but she's sitting at the table like as like the head of her family and she's being presented with information of hey you know minnow's in the city she is the flare flaret of flair. flare. Um, she could possibly be uh, an issue for us being, being in the town. Like we should go after her and try to like get rid of her type of thing. And um, this new character, she says, Hey, like, you know, I don't think that we should approach her right now because she may not be trying to do any harm on us. How about we just kind of wait it out and see her next moves and what she's going to do. And so the people about part of this uh, meeting, this conversation with her, they go on and they just like, oh, gasp. Yes. Like, oh, I can't believe that you would not want to go after Minnow um, because, you know, like that, I like you should, you know, you're, you're just as weak as your mother type of thing. Uh and you know if if you knew the seriousness behind this, then you would go after her at once, and you know this new character she kind of says, "Look, like I know the seriousness of what this situation can become very well, because it's what got my mom murdered, so because of that, I'm aware of how serious the situation is. And I don't need y'all telling me what, you know, what I should take serious or not. And so it kind of makes me think about like, man, like, yo, these people are mad disrespectful. And yeah, like as co-workers, there is that disrespectful co-worker. Why? And it's like, In every, and I I kid you not, I don't think there's been any place that anyone's worked at at all, but it's always that one person that is the disrespectful uh, employee. And they seem to magnify towards you and other people to show their amount of disrespect. But for some reason, they're usually able to keep their job, maintain their job, and people just kind of. Treated like water under the bridge, like hey, like there's nothing we can really do about it. I guess they do their job well. They might talk smack. We give them a little talking to, but it really leads to to nothing, and that's jacked up. <laughs> like that's jacked up for one, but for two, you know, it also seems like you know, and I'm I'm, I'm not trust me, listen, I'm not any ism, any ist. Any anything ick, have you want to look at it, like I'm not you know throwing that on anyone and saying that this is the absolute like this is one thousand percent the truth. no, I'm saying that most of the time, in my experience, um the disrespectful coworker is usually older. why? Why it seems like, I don't, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but in it seems most of the times when there's a disrespectful person in, in, in a work environment, they are always older, you know, and, you know, it, uh, it takes me to a situation that I had, I was working in this warehouse and, <laughs> and it's my first time working there, but I'm kind of told the kind of the ropes of like, okay, you're going to have these. 18 wheelers come in, uh, and you're going to be pulling all this freight from inside of the, the, the 18 wheelers. And, you know, you're going to be transporting them within areas of the warehouse and you'll stage them in certain areas where the forklift drivers can come pick them up and take them on to wherever location, uh, other location within the warehouse, uh, that's needed. And so, you know, for me, I'm a hard worker by nature, like, Anything that I do, I try to do my best in it, especially if I'm um, really interested in the job, I guess you could say, like I really put my best foot forward. And so, you know, I get inside of this trailer and I start taking down these uh, big flat screen TVs like that are like 55 inches and we got uh, love seats and couches and like all these different things that we're pulling down, right? Right. And I'm moving at a pretty rapid pace because the whole, you know, spill that I got from management was, hey, if you know, the, you know, when y'all get these um this freight off the off the trucks, we're gonna bring y'all another one so we can kind of, you know, get you know, get you know, get through the, as many traders as we can and stock the warehouse. And so to me it's like, okay, like I, I like that. There's something to do. Let's, let's get it knocked out and let's move on to whatever the next trailer is going to be. So I have a <laughs> an older coworker approaches me and he says, um, hey there, young man. You know, I know that you, you know, working hard and you, you know, you are trying to get the job done, but you need to slow down. You know, you, you working working a little bit too hard right now, you know, you, you know, you need to, you know, all they're going to do is bring us another truck to do. And that's just more work, you know, and it's not going to really matter how much, how many trailers they give us. It's going to always be something else to do, you know? And once we finish that, then they're going to give us like, uh, like little minuscule tasks to do. And so for me, it's like, Yeah, but I'm bored and just me working slow and not getting the job done. That's no fun, you know. Uh, (laughs) But there's also like the other element, which I learned, you know, in my in my, you know, work experience is that you kind of have to rub elbows with other people because if you don't, in some ways, you become alienated from like your peer group, you know, of, of coworkers or whatnot. It's like, you're like on this isolated Island by yourself and people are not going to want to have contact with you or at least avoid you in most cases, you know? And so for me, it's like, well, dang, like do I want to be put in a position where I'm isolated or talked about bad for my, you know, with my coworkers or, you know, maybe dreadfully end up getting, Uh, transfer somewhere else, which could end up being the same story because maybe there's this culture of where everyone else does it like this, and I'm just the only one that's trying to like hard charge and do 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 a good job. And so there's all these like little politics that kind of come in the workplace. And oh like I know it's it's annoying. It's it's very annoying that you have to deal with something like that. But here's the thing. Um you have to make a decision of, is this something that you're going to be for or against? And, you know, it all comes down to the saying, you know, choose your battles, you know, choose your battles wisely. You know, are you trying to win the battle or the war? You know, and for me, I was trying to win the war, which is, um, how do I keep my job? (laughs) How do I keep my job in good standings? And you would think that it's, hey, you know, knock these trailers out and get good scores or grades or whatever. But no, no, it's that was not the answer. The answer was, yeah, I had to slow it down and be on the same type of time with the rest of my coworkers. And as much as that sucked to do, it was the appropriate choice because now everybody has this kind of same uh, production, I guess you could say, like... Um, Uh, that they're yeah the same production that they're outputting and so no one really looks bad everybody's kind of around the same thing so they can't really do anything about it other than if they were to have like a a really really hard look at us as we're working and then decide hey like we're going to make some like really grand scale changes if everyone else doesn't pick up the slack and start performing even better and so you know, when you get to points like that, then you're like, OK, I know that I can take it up another notch, you know, and that's what I had in my back pocket the whole time was knowing that, hey, if I need to do more work, then I have no issue with getting to that place of going harder, you know. And so <laughs> for some people, I have noticed, like, man, like I couldn't do that if I was in your position. Like, no, if I got a job to do, I'm going to go ham at it. I'm like, hey, that's. If that's what you want to do, but I'm just gonna say this. Read the room. <laughs> Reading the room is, is a it's an important skill trait to have. You know, I guess you could say that's like street smarts. I mean, maybe you know, common sense to some people depends on how you look at it, but you do have to be able to read the room and kind of put yourself in a certain position so that you don't become a target of um discrimination or anything like that you know I mean maybe not that hardcore but you can find yourself like on the outside very quickly and then when you get and let's say and sometimes it even becomes a mo- a matter of where the like certain parts of the management are very much like the other uh, employees and so this other employee that's like this extreme like hard worker and stuff like that they're Management is like, okay, I got to find a way to remove this person so they don't mess up what we got going on here in like this systematic thing. And it's, I don't know, it sucks, but man, like sometimes you got to play those politics, man. And there's like in everything, there's always like some type of, and maybe politics might not be the right word. And, you know, maybe I think business transactions might be more fitting for that, you know? And so yeah, so disrespectful coworker, we've all seen them and whatnot. I, I've had that now, this this elderly man or older man, I did have words with him. Um, but it was about some other things, you know. And but but here's the thing though, when we got into these altercations, uh, once again it goes back to you choosing your battles wisely of like who you're gonna talk to, I waited until I got to um, a certain place where it's like, okay, you're a solid employee here. Most of, most of the people love you here. If anyone has anything negative to say about you, they're most likely going to like take your side in the situation. So building up those relationships, you know, and that's how I, you know, that's what I kind of waited on. It's like kind of getting in the quote unquote good graces of everyone, not 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 brown nosing, not brown nosing. That's a whole different thing. You know, sucking up to people, that ain't a Jay trait. That ain't what Jay do, you know, but but building good rapport with other people, that's I mean, harmony, you know, who doesn't want that, right? And so once I was able to get to that place, um, I pretty much put this this person on notice like, bro, like you're not just gonna be telling me what to do. Bossing me around, you not the boss you're you're not the manager, <laughs> all right, so that is the execution of her way of life discussion, um uh, we are going to take a short break um I kind of got a poop. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't throw those poop emojis on me don't throw those i'm i'm, I'm trying to get through this y'all y'all, y'all know how the, the feeling is sometimes where you know you feel that urge and it's just kind of seeping like you're just like man i, I gotta go i kind of well that's that's kind of the time i'm on we're gonna see i think i can i think i can manage though we'll see if we're gonna, but i'll be right back um, that is the end of the anime discussion hey if you are listening to us directly from our streaming platforms dsps uh, you know we greatly appreciate you for listening if you want to see more we have a whole nother section where i do my character analysis we break down the characters and look at them their strengths you know these attributes that they have uh, whether it be strong and they're intelligent. Uh, you know uh, arrogant all these different areas and we try to 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 characterize them that is what we have coming up next you'll see that on our facebook twitch and YouTube page don't touch that screen um keyboard all those things stay locked in i'll be back giving me about